Miracy. Ladies and gentlemen, coaches and friends from around the world, welcome to the moment we've all been waiting for, the Just Between Coaches 100th episode Ring Light Sweepstakes. I'm Melinda, and my goodness, you are in for a treat today. Now, before we dive into the excitement, let me just fill you in. We've collected all the names of those who entered the sweepstakes on time, and we've put them all in this really cool thing called the Wheel of Names. So I'm going to spin that and unveil the lucky winner. So let me share my screen so that everybody can see the Wheel of Names. So there's the Wheel of Names. I'm going to click, and we're going to find out who is the winner. So our wheel is spinning, it's spinning, spinning, spinning. Who's it gonna be? A big congratulations to, we've got Libby Condor. Thank you so much for entering and congratulations. You've just hit the jackpot and won yourself a dazzling ring light kit. So make sure Libby that you get ready to illuminate your coaching sessions, to shine like the superstar that you are. You're gonna get an email from us with the details about how to receive your prize. And I just wanna say a thank you to everyone who participated in the sweepstakes and who listened. Your support means the world to me, to all of us here. And we can't wait to continue this coaching journey with all of you. So stay tuned for more fantastic episodes and insights and celebrations. Keep coaching, keep growing, and keep spreading your fabulous coaching magic. And now, enjoy the episode with Renee Blasky about identifying your competitive advantage. When you can really say that I'm a great coach for this niche, that's what's going to make sure that you are abundantly getting clients and that people can lean into that competitive advantage year after year and that you're going to get that word of mouth referral. You want your clients effectively to become your cheerleaders. If you've ever found yourself asking, how do I identify my competitive advantage? Or if you feel like you're stuck in a rut, unable to differentiate yourself from others in your field, then you've hit play on the right podcast episode. Today, we're gonna demystify this concept, break it down and help you uncover what makes you unique. I'm Melinda Cohen and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Today's topic is crucial to your success as a coach. You know, that secret sauce, that unique edge that makes you you and sets you apart in this vast sea of coaches. My guest coach and I will explore how to leverage this advantage, propelling your coaching practice to new heights. So grab your notepad, Get comfy and let's dive right in. My guest today is a returning guest. I've invited Renee Blasky back to this show. She's a business coach and founder of Leap Network LLC. She's also an ACES coach at Mercy. Welcome back, Renee. Thanks, Melinda. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to have you back on the show and you know, last time we talked about vulnerability, and today we're going to talk about identifying your competitive advantage. But before we dive in, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your background to those of our listeners who don't know you yet? Sure, Melinda. 
So I have been self-employed since 1997 when I first started my consulting business, and I ran that operation for over 20 years. And then I decided that I really wanted to be a coach because I wanted to work with startup entrepreneurs and those who had just started their businesses. They became my passion. And so I started coaching seven years ago. And then I was given the opportunity to join Danny at Miracy to become an ACES coach two years ago. And so I jumped on that chance as well. And I've been loving doing that experience and working as part of his team. Now, for today's topic, I just want to make sure that we are all on the same page. So how would you explain competitive advantage? What does that mean when you talk about that? When that word or that subject comes up, to me, that means is how do you stick out from a crowd? How do people notice you? And what is it that makes you different from everybody else? I mean, we're in a competitive, crowded market, it it seems, and it's getting more competitive and more crowded every day. But I'm not talking from a place of scarcity because I think there's plenty of business to go around. But how do you attract the person that you would love to work with and that you know that you can get the best results for them? Yeah, that's what I find in the recent years. Now, really, the question is, why should I have you as my coach? Exactly. Because like you said, it's a crowded area. It's gone mainstream. And so now most people know multiple coaches that could guide them in a different way. So let's start with your story. Like, How did you get noticed by your ideal clients in a crowded arena? So when I started my consulting company, I was noticed because of my actual area of expertise and my qualification. I am a chartered financial analyst. And where I was living, I was living in Nairobi, Kenya. And I was the only chartered financial analyst between Cairo, Egypt, and Johannesburg, South Africa. So there was a huge continent out there. And I was the only one in between. So as a result, I effectively was seen as a very competent and ethical person So I was kind of in the same position as the big five accounting firms when they were giving consulting services to their clients. But because I was a lot smaller, I was able to charge less because I didn't have all those overhead costs that everybody had. So I could offer very similar services, but at a lower fee. So they naturally just kind of came to me because I was seen in the market as that person to go to to help that market. When I was doing my coaching, A lot of people wanted to work with me because they loved my risk profile. I am a risk taker, and most entrepreneurs are. But at the same time, I actually did a lot of risk within my personal life as well, having sailed across the ocean from Singapore to Kenya, and I've been scuba diving with sharks. I've done all sorts of crazy things that most people don't do. So a lot of people are like, well, I want to be like you when I grow up, or they wanted the the digital nomad type of lifestyle. Because as an American who's lived most of my life overseas, I have just really been able to capture that adventurous lifestyle in my coaching as well. Yeah. Brings up that movie when Harry met Sally. I'll have what she's having, (laughs) right? Like it's that kind of others see unique things about us. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's how I want to be. That's how I want to show up. That's what I want to feel like. So I want our listeners to really take that nugget because for the longest time I thought competitive advantage meant you know I had to be really clever with how I was positioning myself it's not about being clever it's not about you having to even invent anything or create anything it's just 
what you probably find like normal and boring because you thought everybody did this. Usually that's where it is. And that unique thing is often that, oh, well, that's just how I show up. And it's our experiences. Often our personal or professional experiences, the stories that we tell is where they can relate to us. They can relate to us as a person that's been on the journey. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, you get me. And then they can also aspire to us to be like, okay, she's got what I want. Let's go there because this is a great combination. And so our stories are so important. Talk to us about integrating stories into what we do to help us either identify or share our competitive advantage. Sure. And this kind of relates back to my vulnerability podcast that I did with you too, Melinda, because when you can share a story that effectively tells your potential client or your actual client that you're relatable because you've been there, because when you're struggling and when you're vulnerable, you can actually let them know that you've been there. You do know what they're going through. And it makes them think to themselves, well, if Renee can do it or Melinda can do it, I can too. And so by giving those examples of the struggles that you've gone through, you actually let them know that, wow, I can do this. Now, let's talk about a distinction. When I think about competitive advantage, a distinction pops in my mind. Being unique versus being an expert. Is there a difference with that? Are they the same thing? Good question. I think that you want to develop something that makes you a little bit different than all the other experts out there. And how do you do that? How do you create yourself a unique perspective? And I think it is a perspective that a lot of times experts will think it's X to solve the problem. But you think it's Y. And so how do you utilize that unique voice that you have to differentiate yourself from all the other experts? And I think if you can do that, you effectively have what we like to call a North Star that you can lean into over the years and develop more and more of a difference as to how you set yourself apart from the, all the other experts. Yeah, that's beautiful distinction. Now, when... Coaches are staying relevant, right? That can be hard to do. So as a business coach, because you work with a lot of coaches, how do you start that process of helping clients to identify their competitive advantage? Yeah, I love doing this exercise because it's just fun. So first, I like to actually have them do an exercise of all the things that they actually love, they're passionate about. Then I ask them to write down all of their skill sets. What do they do really well? And I also ask them to ask other people what their skill sets are or what they're passionate about because we're blind to our own skills and our expertise and our unique perspective sometimes. So I get them to do those exercises. And then I look at them and say, what are the areas that overlap, that you feel that you're so passionate about, you care strongly about it, what are the skills that relate to that passion? And how do people see you? So I have them do those exercises. And then we work on what is it that you can lean into every month, every year, so that over the years, you make that a stronger competitive advantage over time. I love it. It's a fun exercise. And one of the things that I've done 
kind of a next step or very similar to what you said with the asking others, having people ask others, what do you admire about whoever the person is? So not just having them identify their skill sets, but what they identify, what they admire about them. Well, I admire her because, or she is, or he has, or whatever their answer is, but often what they admire about somebody can give an indication about what makes them stand out. Now, from your perspective as a seasoned coach, what are some common areas or strengths that people often underestimate or overlook? Where do they make sure they're not overlooking that could be leveraged as a competitive advantage? Yeah, that's such a great question because we do overlook a lot of things. I like to actually ask people to go back to their old clients if they've had any and really try to understand what made them hire the coach, because that is oftentimes what we don't see in ourselves. And a lot of times it can be just our level of empathy or our willingness to be vulnerable or our ability to relate to them. And it may not have anything to do with the area that you're coaching. It's a personal thing. We want to make sure that we can be a great coach for a few. We don't want to be a good coach for everybody. So uh, this is why I like also to work on people in creating that niche. What is it that you can be a great coach for a smaller subset of your market rather than trying to capture everybody? So oftentimes I hear coaches, well, I can coach anybody. Yeah, you probably could, but that's not what you should be doing. You should be great at coaching a few. I love what you just said, and I want to repeat it so that our listeners get it. So this is certainly a write downable. We want to be a great coach for a few rather than a good coach for many. That, like there is the alignment and the intersection, which really is what competitive advantage is. It's not an advantage over. It's just a a distinction to be made. Because, you know, there are so many coaches out there that are coaching on how do you have a successful business? How do you get your back end organized? I am certainly not the only one. And there are certain things that I take a unique approach to. Systems are sexy. I have a feminine approach to my business. I bring in the role of spirituality. I make business fun. Like those are a lot of elements that people say why they appreciate learning from me and getting their business systems and processes organized. And so often that it's not an advantage over others because other coaches are just as successful or more successful or maybe not as successful as me, but it's a distinction to be made so that we can be a great coach for a few. Now, you have helped clients succeed by helping them understand that unique value. Can you share a story about a client who discovered a surprising competitive advantage and how it transformed their business? I mean, don't break confidentiality, but if you can give an insight to that, that'd be awesome. Sure. I was working with a woman who was doing a business that she thought she loved. And it turns out that she didn't like it at all. She had been working with her sisters and her mother who were craftpreneurs. I mean, they did lots of creative artwork and they were struggling to make the business and the craft work work. And she had been helping them all these years and she didn't understand that that was really her true passion. And so we started down this exercise of who she had been working with the past and what the feelings were that created when she was working with them. And it was more than just the fact that they were family members. She loved helping them 
take something that they love to do and make a business out of it. So turn a hobby into a business. And soon as we turned her business to working with other entrepreneurs just like that, that were struggling to get onto Etsy and they were struggling to figure out the business aspects of that type of business, she started thriving. And you could just tell that her energy levels were just out of the, I mean, just so high relative to when I was first working with her. And it was like she found her passion and figured out how to make it into a thriving business. And that brought me such joy. It's always fun when it's A, when it's unexpected and B, when you find it and land on it. It's like a hockey stick. All of a sudden, it just catapults and takes off. Now, there's another buzzword that we hear a lot about. People talk about innovation, right? And, you know, innovation in itself can be a competitive advantage. And sometimes it can hinder us. But how do you help your clients foster a culture of innovation within their business? Like, is it necessary to be innovative to have a competitive advantage? Let's answer that one first. Yeah, that's a great question. You always want to be able to be open to new things that are coming up. I always take the approach with myself as well as try to instill this into my clients about being curious. What would happen if or how would this change things? And just to be open to the idea of new ideas and that nothing is ever cast in stone. Take ChatGPT, for instance. Everybody is all about AI and AI can be so fun. And one of the things that I work with my clients about is, you know, most people have like, I've got so much to do and so little time. And so I just want to clone myself so I can do more. Well, ChatGPT actually helps us leverage our time because it can help you really come up with some ideas or give you a nice draft that you can start making into your own voice and things like that. So I work with my clients just to see that, yes, they can be innovative and they want to see how that can either be a better tool for them or set themselves apart as getting part of that competitive advantage. And I also find that you don't have to be innovative. Sometimes when you're open and curious to try new things, it just confirms to keep doing what you're doing, that what you're already doing is your competitive advantage. It doesn't always mean you have to be going into a new area. You know, it's that fine balance, which is often we can't find for ourselves. But as we're working with others, coaches, mentors, masterminds and all that, they can help us have that perspective. I don't want our listeners to walk away thinking they have to be innovative. Innovation does not necessarily equal competitive advantage, but it's important to be open and be curious to see where opportunities might exist. I would totally agree with that, Melinda. If you're doing something really well, you don't necessarily have to change it. Keep doing that. Keep leaning into doing it really well. And how can you do it even better? And if innovation is part of getting better, that's fine, but it doesn't have to be. And this is where working with a coach who can give you that perspective really helps so that you get an outside perspective as to what is working well? And should I just dig deeper into getting that even better? Or do I need to tweak something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's talk about the other end of the spectrum. Like when businesses get into a rut and people feel like they're unable to distinguish themselves from their competitors and the others doing the same work as them, 
Like, what's your initial approach when you're dealing with a client who's struggling to find their competitive, that edge, that advantage? Yeah, if they've been in business a while, I always want to ask them, what did you do in the past that works well? Because sometimes when we keep growing into our business, we forego some of the activities that we used to do and do them really well. And that allowed us to really make an impact with our clients and also attract new clients. So sometimes we forget to do those things. So I'll always ask them, what did you do in the past that you're not doing now? And is it something that you can bring back into the situation where you're trying to grow your business? If they're just starting out, I continue to work with them to find out what is their competitive advantage. And right now, there may not be a great one, but what is it that they want to lean into so that if it's 1% now, that in five years, they can compound on it. So it may be a 10%, a 20%, and then keep growing that competitive advantage over time. So it's really just, is it the relationship? Is it your experience? Is it your unique perspective? Is it your ability to empathize? What is it that makes you you? And how are you going to attract those clients? You talked about vulnerability earlier. And I think vulnerability, I truly believe that it is the red cape as the superheroes that we are, as the coaches, mentors, teachers, and guides to the people that we serve. And the more we can be vulnerable and own those unique aspects about us, there's, you know, a lot of people listening in, they're at different stages in their businesses, right? Some are just starting out. Some are just thinking about getting started. Others more established, they've been around like you for a while. And do you find the process of identifying competitive advantages, do you find that it changes based on the age and maturity of a business? Like, can you dive into that for a bit? I think it does because we grow as people. So when we are going through a tough situation and we can be vulnerable and we go through a personal development and personal journey of growth, we then can utilize that empathy for ourselves as well as for our clientele. And you become a better coach, I feel, that when you've gone through these types of struggles because no one wants to work with somebody that's perfect. So when you are growing as a business and as an entrepreneur, lean into the vulnerability and just soak it in and learn the lessons from it because that can help you set yourself apart, gain that extra competitive advantage because you're able to relate to people and they're, they're able to relate to you better. That right there becomes the advantage that we have over others when we're willing to bring that out in appropriate ways, right? We don't want to use or abuse those situations. We don't want to get stuck in that. But when we can do so in appropriate, healthy ways, it can be how it helps us stand out. Now, some people believe that you should focus solely on your strengths and ignore your weaknesses. But in terms of your competitive advantage, how can understand and even leveraging weaknesses play into that equation? Yeah, that's such a great question. Yes, we want to play to our strengths, but at the same time, when we acknowledge our weaknesses and are willing to share them, we can let the other person know that we're not perfect, we're human, we make mistakes, and we can continue to work on ourselves. And all of us, especially those in the coaching business, we love growth. We love to learn. And so these are something that we can lean into year after year, become better, 
but also that relatability, that weaknesses make us relatable. I know with Coach's Console, a weakness that I am very open about is while I'm good at systems and processes and organization and having fun and bringing in spirit and all this stuff about business, one of the things that takes a lot of diligent effort for me is copywriting. It was not a gift. I was just naturally born with so many of my colleagues that I've been in masterminds with. It's just their zone of genius. I'm like, not my zone of genius. I've had to work really hard and train myself to get good at it. And I'm good and decent, but it is not my zone of genius. And so I talk about that, not that it's a weakness, but something that takes effort on my part. And so what you were just saying, it's relatable. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm not great at copy either. So there's hope. I can still have a successful business, even though I'm not great at that. And it's like, yes, and here's how I navigate it. And by the way, I just got stuck on it last week. And here's how I struggled with it. And it takes it into the real time. They're witnessing you go through the struggle in real time so that they can know that you're with them on the journey, I find, is my personal opinion and experience. Yeah, I love that because I remember working with you and you coming on one day and saying, you know, I was just a hot mess. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, well, if Melinda's a hot mess, I guess it's okay if I'm a hot mess too, because she's done all of this and I know she's way above me or way ahead of me in her growth and business journey. And if she's still having a hot mess situation, that's awesome. And so, again, it just made you more relatable and it made me think it's okay to be a hot mess. You yeah. can get through it and you yeah. can ask for help. I think that is the most important thing that people need to learn is that it's okay to ask for help. Beautiful. So let's get a bit philosophical for a moment. How do you see the concept of competitive advantage evolving in the future and what advice would you give to businesses that are trying to maybe anticipate or adapt to these changes to keep their edge sharp and to really to stay mindful of it all? Yeah, I think competitive advantage is going to become more and more important as the market gets even more crowded. I heard the other day that Valley is saying their membership has grown by 10 times. The International Coach Federation has gained more than 30,000 members over the last year or two. But again, don't think in the scarcity mindset when you can really say that I'm a great coach for this niche, that's what's going to make sure that you are abundantly getting clients and that people can lean into that competitive advantage year after year and that you're going to get that word of mouth referral. You want your clients effectively to become your cheerleaders. So, oh, yeah, if you're having this issue you need to work with Renee or you need to work with Melinda because they're going to be able to understand you. They're going to be able to help you solve your problem. Yeah. When I think about the future, you just talked about, you know, having those powerful referrals, getting those endorsements because information is already ready, available to anybody and everybody. But with the explosion of this AI, ChatGPT being one of them, you know, information is out there, whether it's good, bad, right or wrong, that still is to be determined. You and I could, you know, we could, in essence, go to Jasper or ChatGPT or any one of those resources and plug in something and produce some content material, whether it's a resource or an outline or a sales video or whatever it is, and put it out in the world. And it could be the same thing. If we both put the same outline in, ChatGPT is probably going to create something very similar. But when I insert my unique stories, my situation, 
that's unique to only me or you do yours to give emphasis and to demonstrate what is in the information that's so readily available. That's where we begin to stand out and resonate with those that are like-minded, like-spirited to us. So we can still leverage these amazing technology advances, AI, all of this that's going on. I think as coaches, we have an advantage here because of the skill sets that we have. That cannot be replaced by a robot, no matter what, no matter how clever it gets. Our unique abilities are a natural fit to keep us on the competitive advantage, the forefront of that. And I think it's just going to continue to get more and more significant as we go. I totally agree. So let's summarize a few things that we've talked about today in this awesome topic. We started with defining competitive advantage, just what you said, what makes you you, what makes you unique, what allows a client to be attracted to you versus somebody else. And you shared, you know, maybe it's because of the relationship you have, maybe it's certain traits, or maybe it's just a tone that you bring or experiences that you have to offer. And we talked about that distinction between being unique versus being an expert and how they're kind of the same, but slightly different. We talked about the role that stories play in claiming the competitive advantage to keep us relatable and something that people can aspire to. You took us through a great little exercise about how do you identify your competitive advantage and how you work with your coaching clients to do that. We talked about some common areas that are overlooked and how to go back to old clients those former clients are some of our greatest resources and how to go back to them and ask them, you know, why did they hire you? Because there's a unique thing there as well. I love that we talked about how the word advantage, don't misconstrue that to mean advantage over somebody else because it's not competition, but it's there's more than enough out there. And when somebody, how do they know which one's right for them, who they resonate with? So the advantage is really just about uniqueness. We talked about innovation and how to foster that culture of innovation in what we're doing. We talked about how leveraging our weaknesses and how that can also be a competitive advantage when done right and not abused. And then we got into a fun conversation about how it's evolving in the future. So Renee, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Yeah, just have fun with this because you evolve over time. And when you can really figure out how you show up in the world, you're going to attract that client that you absolutely love to work with. Because when you can find that niche that really lights you up, that can make the world a difference in growing your business. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Renee Blasky for this great conversation and for coming back to the show again. You can find out more about her at ReneeBlasky.com. That's Renee, R-E-N-E-E, Blasky, B-L-A-S-K-Y.com. And also on the Mercy website. Renee, thank you so much for coming to the show. It was such a pleasure, Melinda. I always love chatting with you. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Soul Savvy Business. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer, and Danny Innie is our executive producer. To catch the great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Mirror CFM's YouTube channel or your favorite podcast player. 
And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment or a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you and see you next time. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.